sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. We have a very interesting religious discrimination case to talk about today with a good friend and colleague, Attorney Charles Steinberg in the Northwest in Washington State. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, Charles. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, this one involves high school sports. Is that right? That's correct. It involves high school sports tennis tournaments. A tennis tournament. So how is it that high school women, I think, in this case, are being discriminated against in playing tennis? Well, it's uh, both women and men's tennis tournaments, and there are Seventh-day Adventists that enjoy playing sports, especially tennis and high school tennis matches. And in the state of Washington, the state actually organizes divisional, regional, and then state tennis tournament championships. And there's a rule that says that if you advance to the regionals or the state level of play, then unless you have an injury, an illness, or an unforeseen event, if you can't play because of the Sabbath or religious reason, um, then your whole team gets to forfeit the matches. So the rule actually singles out religious absences as disqualifying where other absences are not disqualifying? Actually, it doesn't single it out. I misspoke there. What it, The rule actually said that um, by entering a player in postseason play, it said that barring injury, illness, or unforeseen events, I see. You will participate in every level of competition through completion of the state event. So we lawyers would say that the exception is under-inclusive because it doesn't include as a valid excuse that you observe the Sabbath. Correct. It doesn't allow any religious accommodation. And um, two Seventh-day Adventists uh, did really well. One of them actually qualified for state championships uh, two years ago, and um, she was told she couldn't enter because the Sabbath accommodation was denied for her senior year of competition. And so together with the folks from the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty, um, we brought a lawsuit once they failed to accommodate. And once we filed the lawsuit, both for injunctive relief and for nominal damages, um, the Washington Interscholastic Athletic Association, they quickly changed the rule to provide for um, religious observance. Interesting. But they didn't agree to change the schedules to be able to accommodate people of faith. And so even though they changed the rule per individual, um, they weren't willing to move the tournament date to a non-Sabbath date. So then what happens if someone is scheduled to do a tennis match on Sabbath and they can't play? They forfeit? They would forfeit. And then they'd also be subject to, their team would be subject to team penalties as well. So the Washington, whatever you called it, the athletic association that you're suing, 
is this a private actor or is it a state actor? They're a state actor. They're authorized under a specific state statute to organize all the high school tennis tournaments and all the middle school tennis, middle school tournaments as well. Um, and all their funds come from public schools to um, pay for membership in the WIAA, as well as pay for, uh, they get some funding also from ticket sales. Uh, they get more money from the football championships than they do uh, the women's tennis championship. <laughs> Wonders never cease. So uh, are some of the claims that were filed, are they First Amendment claims, constitutional claims, because it's uh, against the government? Correct. It is. It's uh, First Amendment claims that uh, both under the federal constitution and the state constitution that uh, they violate the uh, Equal Protection Clause um, because it's impinging on a fundamental right and they must meet strict scrutiny. and. Um, then also our state constitutional grounds under the Arlene's Flowers case that we've spoken about before, um, because the state isn't using their least restrictive means to achieve that interest, because they're forcing this, these young college, these young high school students to choose between observing their religious beliefs um, versus competing for a state championship. Are there also claims under the Washington Law Against Discrimination as a public accommodation? that's basically excluding people on the basis of their religion? Um, the main thing we're doing is the uh, free exercise clause. That is a good thought, though, the public accommodation. Um, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't I'm not trying to second guess here. I'm just trying to think through what, you know, what the issues are, because I haven't read the complaint. But uh, that's the problem when you have a lawyer interviewing another lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, our claims are brought under the Federal Free Exercise Clause, the Equal Protection Clause, and the Washington Constitution, and the Washington Statute Prohibiting Creed Discrimination, our main claims. We hadn't thought about the public accommodation one. Well, what's the stage that this case is at presently? Uh, stage it's at is currently, um, we were aggressive in litigating it. We brought a motion for summary judgment, and uh, the summary judgment motion was denied. And there are all sorts of uh, material facts that a judge could decide are in conflict needing the trial. So uh, we go to mediation in two weeks to try to settle and resolve the dispute. Um, the main issues are still to get them to move the dates of their tournaments and uh, also have some monetary damages against them for not, be, not being willing to move the tournament for the senior that graduated because that really was irreparable harm. So let's go back a little bit. Sure. Um, so you screened this case, and before you filed the lawsuit, did you reach out to them and ask, you know, what can we work out here so they can play tennis? The Northwest Religious Liberty Association, we went ahead and sent a letter requesting an accommodation, which was flat out denied before filing the case. And then... Um, the uh, the family has some very good other younger children that are great tennis players also and also observe the Sabbath. And so we knew this would come up again and repeat itself. And sure enough, it did because her younger brother was able to qualify for the state tournament as well during this litigation pending and in spite of the pandemic. And um, But they weren't having any of the tournaments because of the pandemic, but he still would have qualified and 
it would have subjected the team and the individual to their penalties. And they're just digging in their heels, fighting this lawsuit, insisting on the right to exclude people from playing tennis, high school students, on the basis of their faith. What, you know, what is it that they're saying? Um, they're saying it would be more than a de minimis expense to accommodate it. Um, in one particular instance, they said they had an expert opinion say that they generated so much money from sales of tickets for their athletic events that it would be a hardship for them to change the schedule because then it'd be a hardship for the students that would have more time off of school. They'd miss a day if tournaments were scheduled Monday through Friday. Um, and they also would miss a day of school or they'd miss out on ticket sales if they held the tournaments during the weekday. That's kind of what they're, what they've been saying is that it's difficult to schedule things. But, you know, when they go ahead and accommodate a volleyball team, they schedule all their golf tournaments to be just on weekdays. It kind of begs the question, you know, what are you doing here with tennis? So you're saying this is the same association that's responsible for the golf tournaments and volleyball, and they handle that differently than they do tennis? Correct. All the golf tournaments have been played solely on weekdays. Well, it seems like we should finally be at a place in our society where, you know, we make it possible for everybody to participate as best we can. And if that means that we do our sports during the week, like we do school during the week, you know, it makes sense to me. So, Charles, have you gotten any, I mean, beyond their posturing and saying, well, you know, it's going to cost us too much money or, or cost all these kids, you know, more time during the week. What's really going on there? Do you have any insight? I think the, the insight really is more along the lines of, you know, if we make an accommodation for you, then we'll have to make it for everybody. Um, and then we did some discovery in the case, and we learned that students were permitted to withdraw for reasons um, other than the ones specifically listed on the rule, like a choir concert, band performance, a personal conflict, a trip to Alaska, a manicure, another WIAA tournament, and a uh, long-planned quinceanera. So when you say they were permitted to withdraw or simply to reschedule or, or what? If they had a conflict with one of these things, then what would happen to their tennis match? Um, they were permitted to withdraw without the penalties. So they could quit the tournament, but it wouldn't affect their team. Correct. I see. And so the problem here, they're being treated differently because it affects the entire team. Correct. But is it just the individual who qualifies or the team qualifies for the regionals or the state championships? It's the individual that qualifies. It's an individual event. But I believe they also have team penalties as well. So it's not entirely clear to me how that works. But um, if mediation fails, then you're looking at a trial. And we're looking at a trial uh, August 30th. Ah, you've got a date. Yep. But if you're like, uh, you know, our trials on calendar, the judge is telling us, well, you know, criminal trials come first. So we're in federal court and they, it is true, criminal trials do come first because there's a criminal speedy trial right to a speedy trial. But um, our trial date's uh, set in stone now. Well, very good. So, uh we may come back to you in the fall and see what happens with this case. We will let you know. 
This is not the first time that you've been involved in defending uh, discrimination case in sports, right? Um, I thought there was a basketball case many years ago. There's a basketball case um, in the state of Oregon. Um, we had cited that case in our initial materials to the WIAA, and they still ignored all of it. Um, and um, it's a shame when government officials ignore things, especially about uh, protected First Amendment rights. I know that you're in California. I'm up here in Washington State. And one of the cases we cited um, was a very recent case, um, Tandon versus Newsom uh, from 2021, where uh, the court was uh, very clear that a state actor triggered, if a state actor treats any comparable secular activity more favorably than the religious exercise, um, that triggers strict, strict scrutiny. Well, that, of course, was a pandemic case right. where the state of California was treating churches differently than they were secular activities. Well, I think that case is going to have uh, important ramifications for the future, and we're going to see more and more stories based on that. Uh, we're out of time. Our guest today has been attorney Charles Steinberg, my good friend and colleague there in the state of Washington. We've been talking about discrimination case against some Christian high school girls who are excluded from tennis tournaments on account of their faith and their observance of the Sabbath. Charles, be well. Thanks for being with us on Freedom's Ring. Yep. Thanks for having me, Alan. This, of course, has been Freedom's Ring. And as we close, friends, remember, we don't just talk about religious freedom here at Freedom's Ring. We help those suffering religious discrimination, especially in the workplace. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinock. Until next week, let freedom ring.